0: Welcome to the Healthy Returns Podcast, where I sit down with founders, investors, and executives innovating in health tech, fitness and wellness, and human performance. My guest today is Joshua Bonetal, head of human performance investing at TXV. TXV is a human performance-themed fund investing in consumer health, sports, software, and media. Josh is also a founding member of Future, a digital fitness platform that empowers users with coaches who manage their day-to-day health. In today's episode, we discuss TXV's investment thesis, the difference between personal training and coaching, and how future is curbing chronic disease through movement. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. Thanks for joining us. I was hoping that you could take us through this very, I would say unconventional journey that you've had going from, <laughs> you know, working on the bull staff to failing a health tech startup and now an investor writing checks at TXV.
1: Yeah, I don't really know how I got here. I mean, when I look back and and you sort of connect the dots, somehow, some way, it it all sort of seems to make sense. And the one thing led to the next. But um, I'd be absolutely lying if I said, you know, there was some like 15, 20 year or even five year plan of like, this is what I'm going to be doing. And so, you know, you and I were, were talking right before we came on and, you know, you were talking about your passion for sports and how that's helped you, you know, kind of cultivate some direction and where you find your purpose in the work that you're pursuing. And that was really the case for me. I grew up, I I was a diehard Bulls fan. Um, My childhood was the Jordan years. I lived an hour and a half north of their small town in Wisconsin called Lake Geneva. So, you know, from probably about the time I could walk and like knew what basketball was, I was going to play for the Bulls one day, like, you know, and you could not tell me any different. And so the unfortunate part about that was I was not very good at basketball. I just didn't realize that, you know, and I was so stubborn that like, you know, one way or another, I'm just going to keep working at it. And so I think that sort of mindset of like just I'm going to outwork everyone and and figure out what I need to do to get better as a basketball player, which underlying that was how do I get stronger? How do I get fitter? How do I get faster? How do I get more explosive? And so kind of really fell in love with that process. You know, even back in honestly, like grade school, middle school, I was like sneaking into the YMCA weight room uh, using these like old school Nautilus machines, no clue what I was doing. You weren't supposed to be in there at all. And so, you know, it was probably late high school. And, you know, so I graduated high school 2001. You know, it wasn't prevalent, kind of the field of strength and conditioning sports performance. uh, But somehow I stumbled upon it that this was a real job. And this was another way in to my dream, which was, you know, being a part of, of the Bulls. And so, from that point forward probably around my junior senior year of high school i just started studying like who are all the people in positions that i hope to one day get to which for me was how do i become you know the strength coach for the bulls and um through that process just learning what those people were learning or who who and where they were learning from trying to reach out to those people try to follow the opportunities those people had taken to end up where they were led to you know my first job out of college was actually an internship with the bull so i was 22 unpaid intern and i didn't care i made it like i like that was my dream that was the pinnacle i made it and so even at that point i think it was fortunate for me to have that happen so early in my career and my life such that i realized you know it's not about the destination. Like if, if you set the, you know, goals or objectives, I want to be here, I want to make this much money or whatever it is. Um, ultimately almost the worst thing that can happen is you actually get there because then you get there and there's always going to be a, what's next. There's always going to be like, well, now I need to climb another mountain. And also like, you kind of look at it and, and, and go, well, this thing that I thought was going to like massively change my life overnight, like it really doesn't, you know, it's like, it's cool. Like, you know, and so even for me, it was like, I don't even know that I enjoyed that moment, which isn't necessarily a negative, but like, I just always expected it. So to get there at 22, I was like, yeah, like, you know, I should be here. But what was great was it reframed my focus for there's got to be something bigger. And if I've only set my bar as I'm going to be, you know, strength coach for the Bulls, well, yeah, like technically I'm an in- intern, but like I'm here now. And so that led me down a, a pursuit of what does that thing look like, which led me to the realization of, you know, it's it's, it's about the journey and kind of finding and fulfilling my purpose, which know i found was to inspire and create opportunities for as many people as possible and so anyways ended up spending four years with the bulls end of my last year got recruited away to um go take over as the director of performance uh at purdue university for men's basketball there um so i led that program built that from the ground up over seven years you know we had a ton of success there you know, developed guys kept guys healthy. You know, ninety nine point eight percent player availability rate.
0: I was just gonna bring that bring that stat up. Uh, that, that's mind boggling to me. I, <laughs> a member of a collegiate sports team, I feel like every week, and you guys on the bench. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, you know, I think that was uh that was a great opportunity for me to really learn and experiment in a lot of ways, test a lot of, you know, kind of crazy ideas that I had based on the things that i had been learning, based on the network i had been building, honestly, throughout like global sport, like some of the top people in performance and medical and psychology and sports science and technology um, throughout the world. And so Purdue kind of gave me that lab, so to speak, to really like build out a very comprehensive holistic model and very individualized model for each of our athletes where you know I always talk about taking an n equals one approach and you know this was early 2010s when I when I started at Purdue and so you didn't really see that a lot even at the pro level back then but certainly at the college level it was very much you know if you play tennis or you swim or you play basketball it was like here's the team lift today. And everybody kind of does a version of the same thing, or at best it's like guards do this, bigs do this, you know, forwards do this. And so, you know, it allowed me to test a lot of that, had a lot of success there, but I was still kind of searching. I was like, okay, I've gotten everything I can out of this opportunity. Again, like what's next? What gives me a platform to create more opportunities for more people? thought I was going to go to law school, try and become a GM, long story I won't get into. And, you know, I actually had, uh, took the at several schools I was deciding between. And out of nowhere, I got an email from my co-founder, one of my co-founders at Future saying, hey, we're, we're building this company. Um, we're going to reinvent healthcare. And we need you to come and figure out how we do this and come build this with us. And so, It was something where, at the time, you know, I knew absolutely nothing about tech, startups, VC, you know, any of that, Um, but was fortunate to have a really strong decision-making circle that helped me understand, you know, what the opportunity might be. Spent a couple months talking to my co-founders, realizing what my role could be inside of future and, and helping to build and and really growing a team of coaches and pouring into them and creating opportunities for them to help even many, many more people, you know, made the jump because I also saw this, you know, was the thing that I believed gave me that opportunity to create opportunities for others, had a lot of success there, built and, and scaled the, the team, hired several hundred coaches, all full-time salaried. you know, and really played a big role in helping us scale from seed. We raised Series C a couple of years ago. And along the way, kind of got introduced to the venture capital world. And and, um, my now CEO and and partner, um, Marcus Stroud, who was one of our first investors in the future. And he was somebody that like, even probably my, I think my first or second year reached out and was like, hey, man, anything I can do to help, you know, being a good investor, like I want to help my portfolio company. And so I see an opportunity with you and everything that is mission critical to future success. I can help you. I'm here. And so I soaked that up. We, you know, I, I basically bugged them to meet with me once a week, every single week, and just, you know, talk through the the challenges I was faced with. Um, But it also kind of led organically, like he had just started this firm, TXV, like he was early into the venture world future. We were his very first investment and, you know, he was forming a thesis around human performance as his investing strategy and where this opportunity was. And so I didn't even realize it, but in the conversations we were having, I was kind of helping him to inform that thesis, um, as we were talking about it, as we were talking about how I saw the space. And I was also connecting them with all these other founders in the space, just because I've always been one, like, I just try to help talented people around me. Like, I don't want or expect anything in return. I'm just like, I love and respect everything that you're doing. In fact, I'm inspired by it. So how can I help you? And so being in that position at Future, I was getting connected with you know, all kinds of founders in the space and in spirit of helping them it was always like, hey, you should talk to Marcus, you know, and what I didn't realize was like, actually, that's like sourcing deals. And then I was helping like some of these founders, or, or you know, Marcus had a couple of his portfolio companies. Hey, do you know anybody like I have a company that's trying to hire such and such role? And I'm like, my superpower has always been my relationships and my network. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have the perfect person. And then that company hired the person and, but like, I didn't think anything of it because it's like, that's what I've done my whole life. Like I get people jobs. Every intern who's ever worked with me, every assistant who's ever worked with me and the pro and college level has all gone on to be, head strength coaches, high major or NBA or whatever. And, but I didn't realize like that's VC. And so Marcus was like, hey man, you should consider this because you'd be really freaking good at it. And, um, felt like future was in a really good spot. You know, the people I had hired all outgrown me, we'd had a lot of success. And I was like, you know what, both in pursuit of like creating more opportunities and for the next evolution of future and how I can best position future to scale beyond series C I think the opportunity is let me go and be on the investing side and kind of be the guy that can sit at the center and connect all of these really talented founders such that they come together and help each other, you know, build the space as a whole, um, which obviously I think we'll we'll get into. So sorry, long-winded, you
0: know, how I got here, um, but happy to dive in on any of it. It's, it's incredible just hearing all of that. And yeah, as you said, on one hand, like, you know, hearing that kind of how you got from point A to point B to point C. The yeah. one that I hear is that anytime I feel like you were faced with the decision to maybe take a very conventional approach to something, something that is safe, it mm-hmm. was the opposite. You chose the path that was less traveled, that was the most yeah but at the same time put you in a position to learn as much as possible like that's what yeah. I am do you think that just that's how you've always been and how do you still when you're talking to other people maybe inform them and advise
1: I would say yeah that's how I've always been I am and and I've always been like the most stubborn kid ever you know I mean even going back to like quite literally when I was an intern with the Bulls mind you I did not play college basketball When I was an intern with the Bulls, there was still this like sparkle of a thought in my head that like when I played noon ball and Scott Skiles, this is 2006, and Scott Skiles, our head coach, is on the like elliptical watching us play because I'm playing with like some former Bulls players who are now coaches and like, you know, former like all American college players and stuff. There is this nugget in my head, like if I ball out in front of Scott Skiles, maybe just make, you know, like stubborn to that degree of like just an unwavering belief that if there's something that I want to do or I believe in, it's going to happen. Like it's not a maybe it's not. And by the way, like for me, it's not a goal. Like it's a declaration. I am going to do that thing. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I've always been. And a big thing that has been sort of a life motto for me for a long time. And, and, you know, candidly, I think I see it quite a lot in the people that I'm closest with, which probably makes sense. Like you, you attract what you put out and, and vice versa is this idea of color outside the lines. And so it is, as you said, like, you know, actually looking and seeking out what is, The lonely path. And like, I'm like so stubborn to the point where if I'm starting down a path or I'm doing something or I believe strongly about something, if all of a sudden I see that like a whole bunch of other people also believe that thing, I instantly question my belief in it because I go, oh, hang on now. If everybody's going down this path, then I'm on the wrong path. Like, I need to, you know, I'm missing something because it's, it, it it shouldn't be that obvious that everyone's just, you know, kind of following it. And so, yeah, I think, you know, for me, and as it has related to this kind of windy road, um, within my career has been like, no dream is too big, no idea, you know, and, and, and the other side of that is, if you tell people about, your dreams and your vision, if they can understand it, it's not big enough. You know, it's sort of the like, if you shoot for the stars, like worst case, you land on the moon type of thing. And so that's, you know, that that's, that's kind of always been me. Um, And then the the second part of your question, I think you're asking, like, how do I then take from my experiences to maybe help other people that I've, like, mentored over the years and develop and, you know, kind of the paths that they pursue. I think the number one thing that that I try to do or or more recently I've tried to, like, catch myself and learn not to do is not to ever give them advice, not to ever tell them like, hey, here's what you should do. But instead, based on where they are at and or the decision that they might be making or the crossroads they're in, or like a lot of times, especially in that mentor role or coach role, like I would say my job is to see for them things that they're capable of that they don't even know that they're capable of, either because they don't know it exists or because they're setting a ceiling for themselves without realizing that they're doing it. Um, so kind of challenging them to think bigger, to see the non-conventional path, to at least know that it's there, it might be there, what's out there, so that they can then make a conscious decision if they want to stay on this like very safe and traditional path, or if they want to like take a risk and in pursuit of, what may be kind of like their sort of higher purpose. I'm a big believer, like everyone has something unique about them, some blend of kind of like this unique special sauce superpower. And it's out there for you if if you're willing to kind of go through the fire and struggle and go through the low points and take risks and you know, and fail. Um, it doesn't happen like that. But I think, you know, you kind of stick with it, you, you find it. And so I would say, on the one side, I, I try to help people find what that might be for them. And then on the other side, what I try to do is identify where they are in their process of deciding, you know, the path that they're going to take, and then I just try to share stories from my own experiences, not to say, hey, here's what I did, so this is what you should do, but because they might grab grab onto something from that, and it might inform a question that they have or, you know, something that they think about. And then the other side of it is I challenge them that while, yes, it is great and meaningful and necessary to seek out all types of counsel and advice. One, what is the decision that you're making? And so who is the counsel that like, you should actually take in their advice? Because sometimes it's people you're really close with, but they have no understanding of the the decision that you have in front of me, in front of you. So like, for instance, me with going to a startup, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the people that I know and am close with in my life have never worked at a startup, have no idea how it works, have no, you know, and so they love me and they're well intentioned. But if I went to them and I said, "Hey, what do you, you know, I'm going to do this thing," because they want to protect me, they're all going to say, "Like, what are you doing? No, you can't. Like, you can't do this. You might not have a job intent, you know, like," and they don't understand even like. How does equity work How, you know and so all of that so one is like consider where the advice is coming from but then two is you're just getting that counsel to inform questions you have such that you can make your own decision but no one else can make that decision for you and if you find that you're doing something because someone else told you to do that thing I just, my experience, like mentoring a lot of people, going through my own struggles, it it tends not to work out. So I always, you know, after I get done kind of giving advice, I always tell everyone, hey, majority of advice is well-intentioned, but terrible advice. So everything that I just told you, throw it all out, hang on to like, if there was anything in there that was helpful, hang on to it. But where I really challenge people to think about is like, what is important to you in life? Like, if you are pursuing a certain path, why are you pursuing that? Are you pursuing that for your ego and like for status? Like, I want to work in that BA. Cool. That's awesome. Why? And a lot of people like, probably without even realizing it, they're like, well, because like, that's going to make me look really good. And like, you know, I work for the bulls. I'm the man, like whatever. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, that's, cool but if that's it it's really not going to be fulfilling and also when it's that you you you're going to struggle to have direction for what to say yes to and what to say no to and i think the sooner you can and by the way this takes time this takes like sampling taking risks trying a bunch of stuff meeting a bunch of new and interesting people kind of outside of your pond like opposing viewpoints you know all of that but the sooner you can get clear on what your purpose is and and sort of like your why, and like who is Nolan as a person and who is Nolan as a professional. And sometimes maybe they converge, sometimes maybe they're different, but the sooner you can get clear on that, I think the better you get at recognizing, like the universe sends out signals. And if you're looking for it and you're aware, you start to be in tune and you follow those signals. And so like, for me in the steps that I've taken since the bulls and, and really like middle of my time in Purdue was, was where I, I like got crystal clear on, like, it's not about whether I am a GM for an NBA team one day, or even own an NBA team one day or whatever it might be. It's about, how am I building a platform such that I am able to inspire and create opportunities for as many people as I possibly can. And then the, the offshoot of that is they then are going to do that for others. And then it just, it permeates. And that's kind of how I leave my mark. And that's how I get fulfillment. And that's how I, you know, make this world a better place. But then that's how, when I look at like, what do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Now it makes it very clear because it's like, well, what's the thing that allows me to, you know, move in pursuit of that?
0: It's clear why, you know, that, that original like future team reached out to you, right? Because you you have this not only from ex- like, well, first from experience, but then mm-hmm. just even the way you're thinking about coaching and not telling people what to do, but helping them identify their why. and. Yeah. That's a great segue into talking a little bit more about future um, in terms of people's why for getting into health, fitness and wellness, because, you know, again, we were talking a little bit off off camera that my why has always been pretty clear for me um, because I've been an athlete up until this point in my life. That's why I prioritize my health to be a better athlete. But that why is lacking for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. I think that I'm super excited about in like this consumer health market is that terms like health span and longevity they're becoming mainstream and you see these public figures like like Andrew Huberman who's becoming more yeah oh yeah um that's helping people give their why so at future what role do you see that personal training has in helping people realize that deeper emotional connection to like a health and fitness journey
1: I think where that starts is is we're reinventing broadly what personal training is, or, or, you know, what kind of it should be. And it's, it's not personal and, and I'm going to get into semantics here, but personal training on the surface is very transactional, but that's what the rest of the world population understands when they think about, you know, if I want to work out, but I don't know what to do. So I hire an expert to tell me what to do. They think personal trainer in that sense, that is a transactional relationship. It just is. There's no way around it. I I pay you for an hour of your time, X amount. I see, you know, we have a session at one thirty. I show up at one thirty. I see you at one thirty until 2.30, you take me through a workout. Maybe we talk about life or some other random things. And then at 2.30, I leave, I shower, I go home. I go on about my life, you go on about your life, and that's it. And until whenever it is that I come back. And so with future, what we're shifting is the rest of the world doesn't know what coaching is. And you only know about coaching if like you were an athlete and typically you are a high level athlete, college or pro, or you're someone with unlimited means. So you're a billionaire. What, what do all billionaires have? To be successful, they have a coach. It's not a personal trainer. They have a coach who is in their life with them every single day. You know, when I was with the Bulls, when I was at Purdue, I'm with Derek Rose, Joachim Noah, seven days a week. We travel together, we eat every meal together. I spend more time with them than I spend with even my own family. And so, within that, the reason why we we touched on at Purdue over over seven seasons 2,511 game opportunities we had a total of six games missed by across every single one of our players over seven years the reason why that happens and and what I always say well number one is good fortune luck injury is always like there's always going to be element of that but then if you were to point to well, what are we doing training wise it's like yeah like I think we were pretty smart about being individualized to like meet each of our players where they were physically, but then also mentally, emotionally, and, and kind of take into account all these factors to inform the decision that we made for like, what type of stress are we going to apply in this moment? for what type of adaptation do we want to produce, or maybe we want to facilitate recovery or whatever whatever it might be. But underlying that and why that works and why even the players begin to trust and try and you know, learn these strategies to maintain their health, to build better habits, to build a better lifestyle is because we have a relationship. And so that's the shift from personal training to coaching is a coach is someone who, and by the way, this is, there are phenomenal personal trainers out there who do this and they're, they're labeled a personal trainer. My argument there is they're actually a coach, but kind of like stereotypical, which you see as as a personal trainer, transactional. I come for a workout, they give me a workout, that's it. And they're not really gonna have an influence in my life that way where like my, my my players from the Bulls from 15 years ago still text me, I text them. We're close, like they're like brothers to me and vice versa. And that happens because as a coach, a coach is someone that genuinely cares about you. Um, a coach is someone who puts your interests above their own. You know, it's about you. It's not about you making me look good. You know, and the second is like, I don't deserve the title of coach because your um, successes or failures have nothing to do with me. And in fact, the thing that I always say to, to every coach that I've ever mentored is any person you work with, any athlete you work with, all of their successes are because of them. All of their failures are because of me. And the sooner as a coach you kind of recognize that i think and and you humble yourself the bigger the impact that you can have and so extending off of that you're you're genuinely taking an active interest in this person's life you're getting curious about who they are what's important to them who's important to them what are their hobbies what are their interests what are they you know it's not just what do they need working out you know they need to lose weight they need you know whatever but who is this person because what you're doing there, that's how you form that underlying connection and trust. It's you know you're you're turning over rocks by asking questions, getting curious to collect dots. Dots are everything before this call we talked about, you you know, you go to Emory, you're in Atlanta, you play tennis, you come from, you know, medical background. Father is a physician those are all dots and now it's my job as it as it relates to forming trust and ultimately building a tribe is what you're trying to do is where, where you see me as like us like oh josh is like one of us he's and and you do that by connecting those dots little things or maybe it's your favorite movie i bring it up when the time is right and it's not in like a manipulative way but it's because i know that's of interest to you. I know that's a connection point, and no, and now it shows that I'm genuinely listening to you. I'm caring for you. I'm, you know, adjusting my approach based on who you are and where you are. Because as it relates to training, you know, and working out and lifestyle habits, it's a moving target. Nobody, nobody, like my myself included, and I've worked out now 1,322 days in a row consecutive without missing a day. But I like, it hasn't just been this straight line. Like I've had rough days. I've gone through, you know, hard times. I've been low, I've probably been depressed at times or stressed out. I've been super high emotionally. I've been lack of sleep, all, all these different things. And so a coach gets so in tune with this other person through a relationship such that now they can start to use their expertise to understand where is this person at, not just broadly, but even like right now in this moment and what do they need? And so then what that lends itself to is like, do they need someone to just listen right now and not to be like a drill sergeant? Hey, like you gotta get this workout in today. It's my job to hold you accountable. Maybe you don't need that today. Maybe you just broke up with your girlfriend. Like you just need someone to like be there and listen, like, hey, it's okay. And I can still support you in these other ways because that's what lends itself to solving this problem. The problem that we have in our country where 80% of our population is effectively unsuccessful managing day-to-day health because we see 80% of our population lives shorter lives, lesser quality lives because of chronic type diseases, which are largely preventable. It's the stuff you were talking about before, Huberman talks about, Atiyah talks about, but it's like longevity and health span. You can't extend longevity and health span if you just wait until there's a problem. Like now, it's and that's what our current healthcare system has been, and it served its purpose, by the way. Like our current healthcare system was built because it used to be when you got sick, that was it. Now you get sick, and we get to extend the amount of time that you're sick, more or less, or like maybe we treat it. But you know, and and so you 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 know, and that's the difference between lifespan and health span is like lifespan is just purely how long do you live irrespective of how well do you live and that's why you know as you mentioned I'm also very excited of like people are starting to have an awareness that health span exists and that I can be proactive to drive that and so for us with future your coach sits at the center of that because the things that drive your health span ultimately and your lifespan your longevity is you know, it's really call it five big things. So it's how we move, how we eat, how we sleep and how we manage our stress. And then the other one that we're really starting to see a ton of research coming out more and more is community and what is our social group and and social environment and like with loneliness being one of the biggest uh, risk factors to our mortality. And so what a coach can do is because they sit at the center with you because they're in your life with you every single day which is the case at future um at future our coaches and members across the board on average are trading around like four or five text messages with each other every single day seven days a week that's that's just the average so you can imagine like there's some outliers that are you know insane and so with future and that's why I emphasize, you know, coach over personal trainer is because what we've set out to build and what we quickly realize we have built is the closest, most intimate relationship that you have with your day-to-day health. You know, most people, if they're lucky, they see their doctor once or twice a year. Young, younger people like me and you, we're probably bad about it. Maybe we see our doctor once every five years. Future you're literally talking to your coach almost every single day. Like we, we uh, Rishi, our CEO, did some different analysis. On average, our members to their coach share the equivalent in length of like word count as Romeo and Juliet over the course of a year. Wow. Just th- like, you know, think about that. And so for our coaches, where we not only have identified to hire Especially people who come from those high-performance environments where they've been part of a constellation of experts, along with chefs and dietitians, sports psychologists, and and you know mental health, mental performance experts, um, physical therapists, and all of that, is they have had to work in these integrated models. Where, like for instance, me, you know, I'm not a dietitian, but I'm the one eating nearly every meal with Derek Rose or with you know my players at Purdue where they see our dietitian once every 2 or 3 months I'm the one that has to like I'm not going to meal plan for them but I'm the one that's like yo Derek no 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 put put that back why don't we you know put some grilled chicken on there or whatever you know or the um and so that's kind of you know what our coaches and what we've built at Future is we can use fitness and working out as the vehicle and the catalyst to create this virtuous cycle with the other habits. And and why we started there is because, you know, 80% of our population is not active enough, if at all. And if you look at it, historically over time, there's been all kinds of fads, but that's just it. Everything's been a fad. The one thing that has not been a fad is coaching. The one thing when you look at like people who are consistent, how and why are they consistent? By and large on the majority, it's because they have a coach. And so if we start there, your coach helps you there. And then they learn about you. They can also help you build better habits in the rest of your lifestyle around not telling you eat this, don't that, don't eat that. But like, helping you to think about how you plan for it what are the resources to learn a little bit more about it even just what are your struggles like oh i don't have time to cook well why don't you have time to cook can you make time maybe you can't okay well then what are good options if you just got to grab and go and like let's get better there so you're not just stuck and it's 10 o'clock at night and you just got to order food and the only thing that's open is pizza you know and so it's things like that or thinking about you know your sleep habits and and stuff like that.
0: You answered um you know some of my next questions. You know, one of them was just exactly what you said where future is focusing on this one pillar modality of health and wellness like the movement aspect, but um I was going to ask if there's plans to partner with other companies.
1: It's really it's it's educating and empowering them and you know and encouraging them and then just helping to together with them build the path like we talk about building a path for success everybody's path is going to be a little bit different because also everybody's background is a little bit different you know whether upbringing culturally or you know social life what you know health status whatever it might be and so you know to to your point the 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 vision for future always has been and like what you know really got me excited to say I'm going to give my no to law school and like this pursuit of being a GM to go do this and build this with future was we start there with helping you move better because that's such a massive problem. And obviously I'm biased of like, I believe that's the one where simply by moving better, you start to eat a little better. It also leads you to be like, I just worked out Typically, I'm not going to then like go smash a cheeseburger and french fries because I just worked out. I'm like, ah, I want to like build off that workout. So I'll get grilled chicken and vegetables and you know, whatever I'm conscious of it. And then if I worked out, typically that is lending itself to me being able to maybe fall asleep a little bit faster, sleep a little bit deeper, and as those things, you know, it's all compounding, as those things start to build, then it leads to me the next day feeling a little bit more refreshed, having a little bit more energy, a little more recovered, so I can move a little bit more. So then, you know, and so but for us with future, it's like we start there. And now, as as you said, it's it's the wedge into these other things. And so the ultimate vision is, you know, both how do we partner, as well as how do we actually ladder up more formally into those other areas. So how do we within future provide more detailed nutrition guidance and expertise even down to because when you look at elite athletes and billionaires nobody's really like i mean they are but it's less about like hey let me educate you on how to cook all this stuff and what to buy from the grocery store and and what to eat and when and whatever Literally, they have a chef who works together with their dietitian, who gets to know all their taste preferences and what they need based on where they are and their blood work and yada, yada, yada. And the chef literally puts it down in front of them and they just eat it. And it's that simple. And so for us with Future, it, we continue to like educate and all that, but- it's how do we remove the barriers for these things to make it so easy and so when we think ladder up you know that's kind of the vision nutrition and then earn the right to ladder up into you know more in more detail you know helping you manage your sleep recovery stress and then mental health mental performance so that's you know if you had to look over like a long trajectory that's the vision but it we had to necessarily be very disciplined and meticulous not to get away from the main thing like we had to first and foremost redefine what is coaching and and be synonymous with when you think coaching you know future and the coaches at future are the best in the world and so that's what we've had to build um and are have been building to earn the right you know to to ladder up in those other areas
0: it's a fascinating approach when you really think about it especially considering that everything's all connected are there any companies that you're seeing right now in the human performance space that maybe you're excited about and you maybe have a little bit of insight on that the mark but the market may not yet reflect that hype
1: yeah i you know i think i think there's several one of the biggest things that got me excited about joining txv in in, in the first place is even just looking across our existing portfolio and 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 the companies that we've been fortunate to be into you know pretty early so obviously future and and future for us is is you know obviously for me personally but that's a big one it was it was TXV's very first investment and like i said before futures sort of thesis has really in many ways informed and driven our thesis at TxB and how we see the space and where we've invested. And so you see that with, you know, aura ring is one of our investments. And you know, I think that's that's an area that I've been, you know, very bullish on and very excited about since back when I was with the Bulls, but then especially when I very first started at Purdue, the the first technology that I was trying to find and impart uh, with our players, was something to track and monitor their sleep and it really didn't exist back then I'd done a bunch on myself like even at the Bulls I had a technology called first beat and it was like electrodes that I slept with like one you know one here one here whatever and I did it every single day for probably at least a year and it was just so fascinating because then I matched that up with you know what behaviors, had I been doing? How did I feel the next day? What did my heart rate and, and and other you know metrics look like in my workouts or when I played pickup basketball and things like that? And it was just it was just fascinating to me to start to like see that visually. Like, oh man, like when when I drink alcohol to a T the next day, my heart rate to the same relative workload is almost precisely 20 beats per minute higher than it other like when i'm just sitting here normally it'd be like 50 it was 70. you know if i'm doing a interval run that i do all the time i'd be like you know 170 but if if i did a day after drinking i was 190 every time you know every time or if i got a little bit sick i saw you know and so that was and and getting back to aura like that was really exciting to me because of how it informed the decisions i made about my behaviors and lifestyle and what i put into my body and when i went to bed and how i prioritized it not to necessarily say you know oh like you must never drink alcohol because of you know that's a personal choice there's no one that should say oh don't but you should be informed at least of what is the effect of that? What is the consequence? Everything has consequences, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, sometimes it could be either. And so, you know, something like aura, why I'm I'm so excited about that is because that is arming people with the information to start to make their own decisions for themselves, knowing what the consequences are. And so now, like if you're saying, okay, I'm going to drink alcohol, well, you also know what's coming on the other side of that. You're you you you're aware of how that's going to impact how you function the next few days. <laughs> In fact, because, you know, when I was with the Bulls, I mean, I was young. Like, I, you know, my last year with the Bulls, I was 27. So as you can imagine, as, you know, most young 20-year-olds living downtown Chicago, I would go out from time to time. And like, you know, I would have several drinks. What I saw from there was my sleep like my resting heart rate sometimes it would take it would always take at least 3 to 4 days to get back to normal sometimes it would take like close to a week and so you know that's something that i was super excited about i think you're you're seeing and then where i'm really excited about that is because because of aura and a company like eight sleep you know in particular are the two big ones i really look at in that space they've kind of laid out a playbook in any, in many ways of how you create a category. Like if you think, you know, before, before Aura Ring existed outside of elite sport and maybe elite executives, sleep wasn't really talked about as it related to our health and performance. Now it should have been, but it wasn't. It was just like, sleep is a thing that you do, whether you get six hours or you get 10, like doesn't matter, you know, because also most of us are like ingrained in our habits. So if we get six hours, we get six hours every single night. And so when you say, oh, how do you feel? Oh, I feel fine. And you do because your body renorms against yesterday. And so that's all you know. And in fact, if you just have slept for six hours a night, most of your adult life, And you've eaten McDonald's most of your adult life or pizza or, you know, processed foods and you haven't worked out. And I ask you how you, yeah, like you feel, you have nothing to compare it to. And so where Aura started and I think has created that wedge is people starting to understand how this impacts you and then kind of going, hold on now, what if I get nine hours of sleep? What if I, you know, and now you start to feel... Oh, it's, it's almost like the Holy Grail. Like it was, I'll give a quick side um, story, but like with, with my players at Purdue, you know, college kids. So they're up playing video games. They go out, you know, they do whatever. They're going to bed at three. They got probably got class at 7.30. Then we got a full day. We got practice, whatever. So they're not thinking about their sleep. And when I would identify that with different players where that was kind of the the really thing that was holding them back, I would find a gap in our schedule where we had like a few days where they didn't have class, you know, so like maybe a Friday to Sunday type thing or like Thursday night to, you know, Sunday. And I would say, "Hey, here's here's the only thing that I ask of you to do over these next 3 days, I want you to get a combined total of 30 hours of sleep. I want the majority of it to be just at night, you know, if you get like 10 and a half hours each night, perfect, but otherwise like if you get, you know, 9 Then, like take a 30 to 60 minute nap, like at some point throughout the day. Just do that for me. I want you to write down, just even jot it down and be aware of how do you feel? Like, how do you feel right now before you started this? And then how do you feel each day? And how do you feel at the end of it? And every single, it was the funniest thing. Every single time, these guys would come back to me on Monday and they're like, Josh, when you sleep, it like changes your whole life. They're like, I have so much energy. I'm like thinking so shut. And you're like, you would have thought like you reinvented, like you invented, you know, like flying cars or something. You're like, yeah, bro. Like that's, that's how it works. But without that, you know, information about myself and connecting it, I'm not going to change that habit. And so where it started there, created a wedge for another one of our portfolio companies levels to not and they're early but now they're doing the same thing as it relates to continuous glucose monitoring And so as that relates to how are the different foods and you know whatever I'm putting into my body impacting me as well as how does different activity impact me and then you know I think from there you get even more specific to, like gut and microbiome health. I just talked to the founder recently, and I'm just like super intrigued by what they're doing, bristle health. And it, you know, they're looking at actually oral health, but your oral like microbiome and how that affects your gut microbiome. And there's all this research coming out of like, obviously your your gut is your second brain, and it drives a lot of these just kind of everyday functions. And so you know, I think it's it's products like that, especially I think, are really necessary right now to create an awareness and education for people to get more in tune with what's going on with their body, and then from there, it's uh, that's where I think you're going to see, uh, you know, a, a bigger uptick in people spending more money and prioritizing the things of like, okay now from this levels patch it's kind of informed me on what to eat what not to eat and what works for me versus you know what works for you now that's opening a wedge to where I'm going to spend money on some type of company that does more personalized meal delivery or you know things like that but I think that's kind of where we are with a lot of this is disrupting to create these categories even even community and having an awareness of the impacts of not having a strong and and uh uplifting social circle around you and then like what are the outlets for people who don't have that especially older people there's a lot i'm excited about
0: i, I don't blame you it's it's an exciting time and you know i guess i guess what i just want to close with is you look at all these products and the you know fitness and wellness space and they're great but you know no one can deny that they're they're expensive right now at at mm-hmm. you know price points so i've always you know had the belief that it's going to take a combination of the consumer health market and the traditional healthcare system kind of fusing in order to make these yep. tools and products um accessible and affordable yeah. at so, if you had any thoughts on that, and if your role at TXV has kind of informed your opinion,
1: yeah, I think you know it, it. It is because you have to look at where is the money coming from, and then underlying that is what are the what are the incentives at play, and uh, you know, unfortunately, how the how the system was was built, and you know, healthcare system, uh, hospital system is. And it was built with the right intention. It was built with the intention, or at least I believe it was built with the intention of, like we talked about before, people used to get sick and that's it. So now people get sick and we can treat them and we can either cure that illness or we can extend the time that they have, or, you know, maybe improve their health in, in some way. Well, then obviously what's happened is how do you make money? How do these business function? How does government entities function? Well, the money comes from people being sick. Money doesn't come if people are being healthy. And so not to be cynical, whatever, but that's just the reality. Like if you study incentives, even the most well-intentioned people, well, if they're not thoughtful to like step back and be like, hang on now, what are the incentives in my current world? And how might that be influencing my behavior, which by the way, most people don't do. And even if you do do that, you're still going to fall back. It's like system one system brain. So anytime you have an automatic response or action, it's typically going to be informed by those incentives. And so, you know, I think it is with those, with those industries coming together with, Financial experts in, in private equity and, and venture, and the government level, how can you start to show through data and dollars for a health insurance company by not paying for this, you know, crazy procedure that um, either never should have happened, or if preemptive care, so preventative care, but then preemptive care, the thing was was there. But it was there for 10 years now and it became a huge problem. But if we had caught it and recognized it was there 10 years ago, we could have treated it. And so, you know, I think that's um, that's the one side of it is like it's going to take time because you have to amass this data from your Apple Watch and from Aura and from levels and from, you know. Um, and, and, and it has to point to something, it has to point to dollars in some way that starts to shift, you know, what, what those incentives are. I think it it's, it's the education piece. It's, it's starting to put, you know, and, and this is where like healthcare and like human performance, I think converge and come together is it's gotta start to put the person at the center as the decision maker because they are informed you know and 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 it's not just i go and see a doctor i have no idea whether this is a good doctor a bad doctor whether like they're telling me to take this uh medication because they play golf with the dude who started the company or like they make a lot of money if i take you know if like they have my best interests in mind and so you know i think a lot of it is as as these things come together because you're seeing it in the clinical setting too like there's a lot of really exciting companies in that space that are trying to reinvent what what even like primary care looks like and and what you're seeing with that is like they realize that this is an opportunity like when we catch something preemptively now we go oh well you're not moving enough. And and that's putting you at risk. Actually, like when we look at your different markers and, and you know, blood testing and that, like you're kind of at risk of diabetes. Well, now, hey, we're going to funnel you out to future because you need to start moving more. And so, you know, I think that's where it's going to start to be a little bit more, hopefully, intertwined. And and it's also been like, you know, and I think you you, of course, um, are very familiar from the with this, you know, coming from like, uh, you know, medical household is, you know, medical school doesn't necessarily talk about the preventative stuff. They talk about, hey, this, per- how do you identify like what sickness this person has and then what treatment or surgery or procedure they might, they might have a couple weeks of one of their classes where they talk about exercise and like weightlifting and running. And they might have a few weeks where they talk about nutrition and like, But also like, they shouldn't necessarily be expected to be the, like, they're the experts of identifying the sickness and the treatment. And like, they should know that, Hey, like you need to get strong. You're under muscled right now. You need to get stronger or you're, you know, you have really high heart rate. Like you need to get fitter. They shouldn't necessarily be the ones to say, and here's what you need to do for your workouts, but, but there should be that outlet and that's where they come together of how do we pass them back to the the
0: preventative side i think that's a very uh bold um idea and vision but at the same time you know with everything that you're working on with at txv and that you've worked Mm -hmm. sure i think um hopefully we can get to a place where you know those two things are yeah uh, in tandem but you know really really thank you for the time today it was of course station i learned a lot and you know hopefully we'll be in touch yeah likewise appreciate it josh all right take care have a good man i
1: appreciate you
0: bye-bye